Lecture 5. Early Christian Gnosticism. An Overview. In some ways, it is best to consider the Gnostic religions as attempts to explain and account for the state of things in this world, how the human race got here, how the material world came into being, how it relates to the realm of God, and how humans can achieve their ultimate salvation. In the last lecture, we discussed the sources of our information about Christian Gnosticism and said just a few words about its distinctive character. This latter topic will be the focus of the current lecture. First, we will consider the basic tenets of the Gnostic religions, as these can be discerned by reading between the lines of the Gnostic texts themselves and by seeing how their opponents understood them. Then, we will consider how these religions emerged in the history of Judeo-Christian thought. In a broad sense, these religions insisted that the material world was evil and that human souls had become entrapped here in matter and needed to learn how to escape through the secret or gnosis or knowledge brought by a revelation from on high. More specifically, Gnostics subscribed to the following tenets. They believed in dualism, so Gnostic religions were essentially dualistic, understanding all reality to be divided into two fundamental components of matter, which is evil, and spirit, which is good. They believed the true God. The ultimate divine being was completely spirit and therefore was not only unknown to humans who acquire knowledge through their material sense, but unknowable. They believed in the divine realm. So a series of myths, different myths for different Gnostic religions, explained how this one spiritual god propagated other spiritual deities known as aeons, which taken together constituted the divine realm, the pleroma, uh, meaning fullness. They believed in the fall and creation. So moreover, these myths explain how one of the Aeon's disastrous conceptions of an imperfect divine being took place. This imperfect divine being came to be removed from the Pleroma and as an evil act created the material world. They believed in the divine spark. So the resultant evil beings captured the mother deity and imprisoned her in human bodies. Humans have sparks of the divine within them. The Gnostic system is designated um, as one of those that's designed to show how one can achieve this liberation. Uh, very much a strong point in uh, the axial age phenomenology. They uh, believed in the divine emissary. So this knowledge cannot come by natural means, however. It can come only from above if a divine aeon comes down to impart this knowledge. Christ in the Christian Gnostic systems would be that aeon. They also believed in a type of humans. So the knowledge is secret. It is not for everyone because not everyone has the spark. Some people were pure animals. Others had some possibility of an afterlife through faith and good works, which is the normal Christians. And only some had the possibility of a fantastic afterlife in the return to the realm of God whence they had come and these were obviously the Gnostics themselves. And from an ethical perspective, because the body was a prison to be escaped, Gnostics adopted a particular ascetic approach to life. To make further sense of the Gnostic religions, it may help to consider whence they derived in the history of the Judeo-Christian tradition. So significantly, many of the Gnostic texts are infiltrated with Jewish thought. 
obsessed with the nature of the Jewish God and his creation. Some of them are symbolic and figurative interpretations of Jewish texts, especially the opening chapters of Genesis. So how could Gnosticism emerge from Judaism? So one of the earliest theological beliefs attested in ancient Israel was that God had made Israel his people by saving them from slavery in the land of Egypt. Ancient Jewish theologians maintained that Israel was, therefore, specially chosen by God to be his people. This notion that Israel was God's special people was challenged in the course of historical realities. However, because the nation of Israel constantly had to fight for its survival against harsh natural conditions and powerful military and political enemies, ancient Hebrew prophets explained Israel's suffering by claiming that it came as a punishment from God. This view came to be seen as unsatisfactory when even the righteous were seen to suffer while the wicked prospered. This led to a new religious understanding that emerged about two centuries before Christ um, in a movement that scholars called apocalypticism. Now, apocalypticism maintained that God's people suffer because of forces of evil in the world that God would soon overthrow. Now, what would it uh, do to people's thinking? if that cataclysmic act of God never occurred. Now, one result might be a religious change in which God is thought not ultimately to be in charge of the world because he did not create this world and never had anything to do with it. It is an evil place created by a malevolent deity. Salvation comes then not to this world, but from it. This ultimately is the view of Gnosticism, as we will see more fully in our consideration of several of the writings of the Nag Hammadi Library in the lectures that follow. So some questions for us to consider. Why do you suppose Gnostics would be enthralled with the book of Genesis? If they believed that the true God did not create this world, what would that make the God of Genesis? Also, are there any religious or philosophical movements today that strike you as Gnostic in a broad sense? That is, that deny the importance or value of the material world and teach ways to escape it through special kinds of knowledge.